Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Connected to Business Wrap. Find us online at businesswrap.biz. On Twitter, using handle AskBizWrap. And on Facebook, just search Business Wrap. And now, Michigan Reimagined with Chris Buck. Well, the state of Michigan has allowed medical marijuana for years and recently voted to allow recreational use in 2018. But municipalities are still navigating their way through the ordinances that allow both medical and recreational marijuana to be used in their communities. So I wanted to bring in uh, a guest today that's going to help us unpack all of what's going on and what's still to come. And that is the Executive Vice President of Government Affairs and Business Development from Green Peak Innovations, Mr. Joe Neller. Joe, welcome. Hi. All right. Happy to be here. We're, we're very glad to have you. So Green Peak Innovations, can you share with our listeners a little bit about you know who you are, how you're involved in this industry? Absolutely. Green Peak Innovations, we're the largest vertically licensed medical marijuana company in Michigan. That means we do everything from seed to sale. So we grow the plants, we extract that into other oil and other product categories, and we uh, sell it to registered patients through provisioning centers that we own and operate throughout the state. Okay, so you're an operator. This is your industry. I mean, I know I have you in here to, to kind of shed light on kind of the statewide process and what, what you know the status of this industry in the state, but you're already knee-deep in this and an operating business here in Michigan. Oh, absolutely. We've been, uh, we got our first licenses from the state uh, a year ago. Okay. Uh, so we've been in this, uh, and we joke that uh, in this industry, uh, with everything being new, it, it feels like dog years sometimes. So I feel like a, I feel right. like a veteran at this point. <laughs> You've put ten years in <laughs> in the last right. twelve months. That's, that's exactly right. Okay, so so when remind me? I, I mean, I said it in the intro, but when was medical marijuana allowed in the state of Michigan? Two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. Okay. Uh, the voters passed a ballot initiative to allow for medical marijuana usage. Uh, it set up a system where people could grow their own plants, limited number of plants, and they could designate someone to grow the plants for them. Uh, okay. It was designed to be sort of a smaller, non-commercial, home-based system. Uh, and then in 2016, the state passed a commercial licensing act, uh, and that's the licenses that we hold. Uh, the, the state began taking applications for those in December of 2017, uh, and some of the first facilities got their operational licenses mid-2018. Okay, so let me say this, and you tell me whether I'm off track. So sure. in, in, in 2008, the state allows medical. We run that for eight or nine years. Mm-hmm. And I think as a, as a citizen in the community, when I think of marijuana as it is allowed, in the in using air quotes here that nobody can see, um, it, 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 it seems shady. 
yeah. right? So the facilities that have been able to operate, yep. you know, and again, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm lumping them all together. I'm sure they're fantastic above board mm -hmm. operators, but certainly there's some that I've driven by and said, if I had a card, I would still be a little concerned yep. walking in there. Or if I had to drive my grandmother there to go get her yep. medicine for, you know, uh, I wouldn't want to go there. And so did the state then, did the state kind of feel that that is the way that this had evolved and that's why they did the yeah, 2016? So, so if you remember the 2008 election, um, it was also this time of the national economic downturn. Right, uh, sure. Okay. The, the GM had to get a, a bailout, yep. um, you know, devastated Michigan's economy. So that law never contemplated uh, provisioning centers, otherwise known as dispensaries, where patients could walk in and purchase product um, in, a, in a retail setting. They were allowed to proliferate by local units of government because um, they had empty storefronts and they thought some, at least some okay. economic activity was better than no economic activity. Got so it. these places were unlicensed. They were unregulated. Uh, they weren't paying taxes to the state. So that was allowed to go on and um, really go probably too far from 2008 to 2016. And that's when... The legislators that came to Lansing every day that that drove here from other parts of the state and drove past some of the areas in this city um, said, you know, maybe we should maybe we should make this more professional and clean this up a little bit. And that's what they did with the Licensing Act in 2016. OK, so that explains to me a little bit about why certain municipalities are just getting involved in writing their ordinances and their rules to allow medical. Mm -hmm. You know, it seems everything's out of sync to me because I hear medical was allowed in 2008. Some municipalities are just passing the, mm -hmm. the, how, the how you can yep. operate, but that's all stemming from the 2016 yes. legislation that's Correct. cleaning it up. So now it's like, okay, well, we're hearing from our voters that they want access to medicine that's more above board and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And now we finally have rules in place yep. by the state that make it more credible. Mm -hmm. And my community that I have a lot of pride in, you know, I'm willing to do it now, but I wasn't willing to do it like maybe the inner city places that yes. have gone awry. Okay. Yeah. And I, th I think, you know, Green Peak, we did not operate in that 2008 to 2016 environment. We only got into the industry when the state passed a commercial licensing framework that right. uh, regulated the products, made sure that they were third party tested, um, you know, made sure that they were tracked through a statewide software system. So we knew you know, where these products came from, but where they were also being sold to and how much. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm from the Lansing area. Uh, our, all of our partners in the company are from mid-Michigan. Uh, so this is our community too. Um, and, you know, I, I agree for the most part, those were some shady looking businesses. There are some good ones that uh, sure. were professional and doing the right things and they've managed to get a license to continue to operate as well. But, um, yeah, no, we were not. We were not a part of that uh, pre twenty sixteen uh, industry in in this uh, you know state or particularly the Lansing right. area. So all of that has happened since twenty sixteen, and then on top of that, we pile on recreational. Mm -hmm. So the voters voted to approve recreational marijuana. What exactly does that mean? How does that muddy the waters? I mean, will recreate will medical be allowed to do recreational? Kind of unpack that for us and help me understand what what this all means. What what can we look for? Um, sure. So uh, the voters did approve this. This was it's different than the Medical Licensing Act, which was uh, passed by the legislature. So the voters did approve this. So it has some nuances that are going to be uh, needed to be worked through a little bit. But it was largely built off the Medical Licensing Act framework. Uh, and I think it's important for people to know that for the first two years of the application 
period for adult use licenses, the only entities eligible to apply are medical license holders. So it should not create a new rush of companies into this space necessarily. Um, there are some exceptions to that, uh, as there are with most things. But um, for Green Peak specifically, all it means is that we have to work with municipalities where we already have a medical marijuana facility and work with them to attach a adult use license, which means that we can then grow and produce adult, adult use products and we could sell them to anyone that is 21 and older um, that walks through the door. Okay, so are there are you going to be able? I mean, will the recreational uses allow for on-site, you know, lounges and I mean for use on the premise, or is it a take it and go? Like because a party store, you go and mm -hmm. you buy a six pack of beer, you take it to your house mm -hmm. or to the tailgate or whatever, but you're not going to drink it there. It's not a bar, right? So what do you envision the marijuana side of that equation to look like? So there is a there is a consumption lounge license available. Um, you have to have a local municipality that will allow you to set up one of those types of establishments. Uh, and then you have to go through the whole process with the state and the municipality um, to essentially get that type of business approved. Um, there are not many municipalities that I'm aware of that are allowing for consumption lounges. We don't currently operate a consumption lounge. Uh, all of our locations will just add a adult use license to it, and it will be more of that party store model where people will come in, they'll buy the products, and then they will have to have to go, uh, you know, consume them elsewhere. Got it. So, um, you know, despite, you know, the, the, the overwhelming kind of popularity and the fact that the majority has voted and, you know, so public or private, it seems like marijuana is opening the door wider and wider and is mm -hmm. going to become part of, uh, you know, getting away from the, um, you know, you know, the craziness of, of what the reputation has been. There are certainly still people who really demonize it and, and still have a lot of misgivings about what this door being opened is going to lead to in our community. Mm -hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. What is your experience from, you know, the Denver's and the Seattle's and, you know, the, our forefathers who've kind of already swum in this pool for a number of years, where, where are there problems and, and kind of what's Michigan doing to kind of mitigate the bumps and bruises that those municipalities have uh, had to navigate already? Yeah, I mean, you know, certainly I understand people that are opposed to it. Uh, I think, by and large, it is becoming more and more accepted. Um, but to go to the earlier part of this conversation, you know, the legacy of what happened in our state in particular from 2008 and the types of operations that were allowed to, uh, you know, proliferate in certain communities um, didn't put the best face forward for the industry. Uh, we are professional people. Uh, like I mentioned, we're from these communities, so I'm driving these streets every day. I live here. Um, I want to. I want to fit in well with the community image and the the standards set by, um, you know, whatever the community priorities might be, and be an active part of that that community. So, um, you know, I think there there will always be people, a certain segment of the population, opposed to it. Um, you know, on the adult youth side in particular. Uh, I mean, there are still people opposed to alcohol and tobacco, for instance. So yep. I don't think that ever goes away. Uh, but I think more regulation is the answer and not less. And I think people think, well, now that it's legal, there are no rules or regulations and people can just do whatever they want. And that is not the case at all. Uh, and I think we need to continue to have a conversation as business owners and operators, as an industry with the government about what's the, both state and local governments, what's the proper way to 
um, regulate these types of businesses? How many should there be? Right. Um, what's the standard at, by which they should meet in order to operate this type of business in our community? And I would echo that I agree with that, that, you know, compared to where we were and, and you know, this new 2016, especially on the medical side, you know, it seems like more regulations are coming down the pike. It's not the Wild West. You know, you can't just kind of do what you want and hope to get away with it, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of regulations that are going to legitimize this. And mm -hmm. people that I've talked to that have gone to the Denvers and Seattles or other places where they're already opened talk about these being really nice establishments with almost concierge jewelry store type yep. of a feeling to it where it's really professional. And part of that is you kind of got to be on your best behavior yep. if you're going to be one of the first few to, to mm -hmm. go do this. Is that fair? Absolutely. And I think, you know, um, every state gets to learn from the state that came before it. So right. I believe we're going to be the 11th state that has adult use uh, laws on the books. Um, so we get to learn from some of the things that have happened before. Um, and I think certain states have shown us that if you don't set that uh, regulatory bar high, that you can still get some bad actors and people that maybe are not putting up uh, storefronts that meet the, the standard of the community image. Um, you know, we, you know, as I said, we weren't in this industry before the, the licensing act. Uh, we're professional people that come from a, a wide variety of backgrounds. Um, our, our retail, head of retail comes from Urban Outfitters. Um, our head of product development comes from L Brands. Uh, Bath and Body Works, hmm. um, you know, our head of production uh, comes from one of the largest indoor tomato growers in the world. So we're trying to pick people that come from other industries uh, that can bring a level of professionalism that this industry hasn't quite seen yet. And then fill in, um, you know, their professional experience with people that, you know, were caregivers in the state of Michigan. Right. And, and know about the plant and the products and, um, you know, that blend of, you know, more large-scale traditional consumer product background with the the cannabis culture we think is uh, going to be very valuable to us in the future uh, and we think we have positioned our company in a unique way because that's been a priority of ours well no matter where you operate in, in michigan and there are local rules as to what you need to do this is still a really hard industry to operate in Absolutely. because of the federal uh, you know uh, impact on this talk a little bit about what the feds do and don't allow and how do you quote unquote, get around yeah. the hardships that, yeah. that not allowing it to be. So it's, it's a very difficult industry. Um, it's very expensive um, from an investment standpoint to invest in facilities and people to work in them, uh, all the licensing fees, um, the construction permitting, all of those things are very expensive. Um, but on top of that, we are federally illegal. This is a schedule one narcotic in the eyes of the, the U.S. government. Uh, which again is why I think the state and local governments have to keep that in mind as we set those high regulatory barriers uh, for what these businesses should look like. Um, you know, the, the feds don't let us do anything because of that status. So right. we can't, uh, we ha any products that we, we uh, manufacture and distribute have to remain in Michigan. Uh, so we can't take products that we grow and ship them over to Illinois, even though that's a border state that also right. uh, is going to be uh, completely recreationally legal come January 1 of, of next year. So, um, you know, banking is a challenge. Uh, getting insurance is a challenge. Um, a lot of the traditional banks and insurance companies won't get in the space because they're concerned about the federal status. Uh, I think that's changing. Um, and Congress has recently made some moves to make it 
easier for those types of financial institutions to get in the space. But yeah, it's, it's difficult. It makes it challenging. It makes it more expensive. Uh, but you know, it's something that, that we've been able to navigate. I've seen a presentation where it talked about how some of these, you know, federally, you know, uh, uh, the controversial, you know, whether it's marijuana or, or other things, it took the States, mm-hmm. you know, you have a couple pioneers that swim upstream and figure out all that stuff. And then waves of other States kind of come in and then that trips the feds yep. into saying, okay, we've got yep. 32 States that are in this world. Let's clean it up for them. Do you anticipate that coming? Yeah, I do think it's coming. Okay. I do think it's all coming. I don't, I can't give a specific timeline on it, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's going to be coming here very quickly. All right. Well, we have Joe Neller from Green Peak Innovations. Quickly, what's your website if people wanted to learn more about your organization? Uh, GreenPeakInnovations.com. You can also visit SkyMint.com. That's the name of our provisioning center. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you.